Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where ministers get together to discuss everyday ministry. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast. This is James White. I am the pastor of Lighthouse Community Church. And I'm Jamie Owens. I am a member of Lighthouse Community Church and a friend of James's. So we're sitting here uh, recording this episode, and unfortunately, Daniel and Chris and Corey could not be on the episode. They are not having their priorities in correct order. Daniel is on a mission trip, and Corey and Chris is getting ready or doing VBS. And I, I know God uses those things, Jamie, but man, what better way of just proclaiming his good news than allowing the five listeners we have to hear our yeah, voice? I mean, what could be more important than the Everyday Ministry Podcast? I mean, preaching the gospel to lost people? No, 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 uh, no. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we're joking, praying for each of them as they were seeking to do the will of God in different ways, and so glad to have these gentlemen in our lives. We're sitting here on a Saturday evening. We just enjoyed a steak. We're celebrating Father's Day, as Father's Day is tomorrow, and as everybody may know already, Jamie is the father of a two-year-old and has one on the way, and him and his wife invited mine and my wife over to celebrate with them, so... I got to eat a free steak and really enjoyed that, so it was good. Jamie, how's uh, everything been going for you? Everything's been going well for me on my end. It's been kind of a eventful week, uh, but it's, it's been a great week nonetheless. And I'm really looking forward to a great day tomorrow, hearing the preaching of God's Word and spending some more time with my family as we celebrate Father's Day. That's awesome. Everything's going good on my end. I just got back Thursday from the Southern Baptist Convention was really encouraged by a few things. Though there were some discouraging moments, I really wanted to focus on as I left Dallas to focus on what was good and sending out, I think, right around 70 individuals into the foreign mission field through the IMB and just hearing about the collegiate church planning and the church planning and church revitalization and all that NAM is doing in North America. It's just an encouraging time to be a part of the SBC. Yeah. Though the numbers seem to be going low, though um, everything seems to be funding's different, uh, reaching and baptism's different and lower than before, I think that I think what's going to help us as a whole, as a denomination, is a just a, a shot of reality. And I think we got it this year. And yes. so just praying that God would use these entities to join along our side of our local churches to reach those that are lost, not only in our towns or North America, but all over the world. So that's what's been going on with me this week. Yeah, and I actually want to say that even though I didn't get the opportunity to come to the SBC annual meeting, even just being here, and they had a live stream set up just being here and being able to watch some of the pastor's conference and some of the events or some of the uh, things that were going around, going on 
around the annual meeting, even I came away very encouraged with a lot of the things that are going on in the SBC and and even just being here without actually physically being at the meeting, I just see great and wonderful things. And like you mentioned, uh, um, the missionaries being commissioned. I heard, I didn't actually watch it, but I heard that there were many of them that had to have their faces blurred because yes. they were going to very dangerous areas to share the gospel. And to me, that is that, that is encouraging to me. Some people find that discouraging because it's so dangerous. I find it encouraging because what a better place to go than a place that does not know. Well, it's also humbling and convicting. Yeah. Humbling and convicting. Can, absolutely. To hear of the willingness of an individual to go somewhere that they very well may lose their yeah. life for the gospel. And I'm sure do it joyfully. Joyfully. Yeah. I mean, what? no other way could you go and do it. I mean, but I'm excited. I'm excited about the Southern Baptist life. Yeah. I know there's so many negatives we can focus on at times, but I think God is doing a wonderful things in the SBC denomination and the churches. And not only that, I, I see that God is working in other denominations. And as we see to be a podcast that is inclusive of most denominations, if not all, we don't want to just focus on the SBC, but... Because that's what the five co-hosts are, then obviously that's going to come out a little more. But excited to see what God is doing in the North America area and also in all over the world. But this evening, that is not the topic that we're going to talk about because there's about a thousand other podcasts talking about that right now. So what we're going to talk about is this topic of reading. And this topic really comes from Jamie's heart. And so as we get into the conversation I'm going to allow him to kind of put uh, put a why, why this is so important. Well, I think that as we're looking at reading, one of the things that we have to remember is that the God uh, and creator of heaven and earth chose to reveal himself to us in written word. And that should lead us to understand how important reading is and can be, that he chose that medium to reveal himself. God in his a powerful uh, nature, could have revealed himself any way he so chose to. But he chose written word, faithful men that wrote down these revelations that he gave to them and have been used by the church for edification, for understanding who God is and understanding uh, more of his nature. And, of course, understanding the gospel. Where would we be without the gospels written down and the letters of Paul and James and, and and I just think that we have to remember that uh, reading is important mostly because God chose to reveal himself in that manner. So that would explain to us why reading God's word is so important. But why is it so important to read these other things as we're going to introduce uh, reading God's word, reading the news, reading historical books, reading nonfiction, fiction, reading theological and practical Christian books. If if that is why it's so important that we read God's word, why is it important that we read these other things as well? Because that's the pushback we get at times, mm-hmm. especially um, with people that have not decided to read. Their, their pushback is, I read the Bible and that's enough. Yeah. So why why is this topic so important? Yeah. Well, let's start with reading the Bible alone is enough. We have to remember that, that it is God's Word and it is the most important uh, literature that we can read. But I do believe that there is an importance of reading other literature and other forms of media as well because of 
uh, an expanding of knowledge, a changing of our uh, perspective, uh, just in general, just gaining new understanding of our life and of the things that are going on around us, of different people's points of view, of different ways to understand certain topics. I think that it is good to expand our horizons that we uh, can understand better uh, this life, understand uh, better different points of view and just gain knowledge in that manner. Kind of to sum up what you're trying to get out of I believe and kind of what a point I want to make is it is also useful for apologetics. Yeah. That's kind of like, I mean, think about trying to reach someone that is Muslim or even somebody that is uh, a Jew, right? How do we know how to reach these individuals unless we truly understand where they're coming from and their background, their understanding? Same thing with an agnostic or same thing with an atheist or same thing with someone that is pushing a political agenda or pushing current worldviews. If we don't understand the direction and the area that they're coming from in life, then it would be so much harder for us to connect the gospel to them in, in their current situation. And then also, I mean, there's nothing wrong with gaining knowledge of different topics and different circumstances and situations in the life. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of comes back to the, the, the premise is that everything that we do in this life is to bring glory to God. So everything that we read could be used for his glory. Now, obviously, there may be certain books, just like there's certain TV shows and certain music and things that we may, we may choose to abstain from because it's not edifying. But I don't think that's what we're talking about here, right? So as we move forward in the conversation and kind of just talk through it, let's just address the different types of literature that we kind of see that are commonly uh, good for humanity to read. Well, I'll just begin by giving some of my reading practices and what I do and, and kind of explaining why I do how I do. Of course, daily I read scripture and actually I use a reading plan. Some people choose not to, but I feel like for me, it is better for me to be able to stay on a schedule, knowing how I'm progressing, knowing where I'm at. Uh, it's, it's part of my personality to, to make sure that I'm doing that every day. Well, before we move on from that, I think me and you've talked about this plenty of times before, is that you're not perfect in that reading plan either. There's days that you you may read less because of whatever may be going on in your life and things of that nature. So I just want to be an encouragement that for some people out there, they may be thinking, you know, I don't do this because I fell at it or I mess up at it. And so I just don't pick it back up. But the encouragement would be is just pick on back up, read on, keep reading God's word. And I do the same thing, though. I, I read a, a plan as well. I actually do one called 260, and it's a five-day-a-week plan instead of a seven-day-a-week plan. And it's fantastic. Now, I'm just going to be real. This, I'm, not as, I'm not where I need to be in the plan right now. And I'm trying to catch up, but there's been times where I've been reading other things for school or for preparation, or I just felt like I should read something differently. And so, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that first and foremost, it's important to read scripture. Yeah. And also there's other forms of uh, reading that we can do. I, I read news daily um, just to have a understanding of current events, what's going on around the world, what's going on in our country, what's going on in our community. Uh, I believe that that can be important because it also helps to open up ways that we can understand how we can be praying, what we can be praying about, or just understanding what's going on in general, understanding uh, the world around us and not being ignorant to politics or ignorant to 
our community and the needs and what's going on there. So that's definitely an area where we differ because uh, the only form of news I get is by random articles I may read on my phone or by the daily briefing that Al Mola does and the Ben Shapiro show. And they're both podcasts. The way I look at it is when it comes to news, I want somebody else telling me about it. Um, and that may not be the best way of approaching it, but that's the way I do it. Yeah. And see, I'm a little bit different because I really enjoy, especially with newspapers, it's very well laid out and very well organized. Mm-hmm. Being able to, okay, this is the news for the day. Here's this topic, this topic, this topic, and then I'm done. Well, then you also get other topics that I may not get. Yeah. Like, I don't get anything locally unless yeah. it's just big news. Yeah. And then I don't get anything about sports much. I don't mm-hmm. get anything about, you know, grandma down the road or so-and-so in Tuscaloosa, whatever the case may be. And I would definitely say there are some negatives to being a daily news reader <laughs> like I am. One, it takes up a, a pretty big portion of my day. Because I do try to read most of the stories. I yeah, might but not you read drink all of them. But you drink coffee now, so that helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. That, that kind of speeds up the process a little bit. But uh, um, so it, it does have those negatives. But I do believe that the positives outweigh the negatives. Well, if you can hear that behind us, that is Jamie's <laughs> two-year-old daughter Finley Kate knocking on the door. She's saying, uh, "Dad, Dad, booksies," because we're in here. With our uh, with my bookshelf with all her books on it down at the bottom for her. He actually paid her five dollars to do that in the middle yeah. of this, so that it would self promote himself right. as an avid reader. <laughs> so you were so you know to move from the news though. What's some other ways that you tend to be reading in your daily walk? Yeah, I read. Uh, well, me specifically, I do read multiple books, kind of different books at one time. I, I when I read some magazines, I read. Table Talk, which I know the first episode I was on, we spoke about Ligonier Ministries. I kind of plugged that. Let me give a little shameless plug right here as well. Table Talk magazine is a wonderful magazine. So if you could, if you have an opportunity to check that out, that'd be great. I also read a few books. I read, uh, right now I'm reading some of R.C. Sproul's book, Wonderful Theologian. Don't agree with everything that he has to say, but I'm reading that. I'm reading, I'm reading some of Louis Burkhoff's Systematic Theology right now as well as some historical documents. So right now, uh, Thomas Paine's Common Sense, which is a document that was very important in the formation of our country, and also has some other books that I am waiting to read in my... I'm looking through my phone right now. Pilgrim's Progress is one that I want to read soon, as well as Moby Dick. I've, I want to read that. Just, well, you're getting ahead of us now, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just kind of giving you some idea of what I read. Kind of a mixture of different things, yeah. but I, I read a few different books and a few different. Um, so I hear the different books you read, and you kind of got ahead of us there. So not only do you read read scripture, not only do you read kind of newspapers and historical books. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress, for those that don't know, it is a fiction book, and so is Moby Dick. Pilgrim's Progress is a fantastic book. I hear I actually have it on my book list as well to read whenever I get done reading what everybody else tells me to read. And then I'd love to read Moby Dick as well. But these books are fiction books. Why is that an important thing to read? I think it can be important for the same reason that many of us enjoy sports, enjoy watching TV, is it can be a chance to kind of relax, unwind. um, And just when we're reading scripture, when we're reading, for me, when I read the news, uh, I'm kind of really, really, really digging into it. Mm -hmm and really stressing my brain to understand it. 
Whereas if you read uh, fiction, you're really just reading it for purely for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is some knowledge to be gained out of it because even fiction books will cover some very yeah. knowledgeable topics. But overall, I'd just say that it's, it's important for kind of relieving our mind, relieving stress, uh, entertainment, stuff of that nature. I would take it a step farther, though, because I also think, like for someone as myself, I, I preach regularly, and uh, as I preach God's Word, you know, that's what we build everything on. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you read some really good preachers, if you read some of their sermons or if you listen to some of their sermons, uh, like I, I love reading Charles Spurgeon's sermons, and then I love hearing John Piper preach. I may not agree with everything John Piper says, but when you just hear the man preach, you hear this articulate just presentation of passion and desire and if you really get to know him about John Piper you wouldn't find out that he was a literature major and that he writes poems and because of you see kind of this and you see this in, in Charles Spurgeon as well is that they had this creative mind and I think reading fiction books can cause that in us too it can, yeah. can cause us to be a little more creative and a little more imaginative yeah. whenever we're speaking or thinking or walking through things in this life well I think it kind of goes back to uh, expanding your horizons, expanding your knowledge, expanding mm-hmm. when you when you read stuff like fiction, it helps you to gain a new understanding, a new perspective. Yeah. So I could absolutely see that. So next would be reading nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I like to read some uh, some historical items, and and when we say nonfiction, we're going to separate nonfiction and theology. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. So for nonfiction, I read a lot of historical stuff because I really love history. So of course I'm I'm reading the Thomas Paine Common Sense, but I also have a few other ones on my list. Uh, I want to read Constitution. I want to read some of the stuff that the Federal Federalist Papers. These are just historical documents. I'm just kind of into that right now. Yeah. You know, you talk to me in a year, it might be different. Yeah. But for right now, this is some of the big stuff that I'm reading. So I enjoy stuff of that nature to kind of okay. understand our society and understand what's going on. But I know other people might have a different preference of nonfiction. Um, well, another preference that I have found... Um, somewhat beneficial i haven't done a lot of it i mainly read uh different articles um that have is kind of covered in this but reading uh, biographies of individuals you know this would be the same idea of nonfiction. you know reading about people's lives and i know i think it was john piper and them that actually wrote uh different articles on different past theologians and, and uh, early church theologians and they're fantastic yeah. and just painting the picture of their lives and just kind of understanding them. Um, and actually, recently, I've been starting to read a little bit more about uh, Lottie Moon um, and kind of her life story and her time as a missionary. And so that was, uh, it's been pretty interesting as well. And so let's, let's jump into the last two real quick it is the last two forms of reading that I think this is where I kind of settle in more than the previous ones is theological books as long as well as practical Christian books is practical ministry books, these things. Um, so let's, let's express it and let's look at it this way. Why is reading books like this important? And then also what are the dangers of reading these kind of books? Well, I would say it's important because God has given us many great teachers Hmm. and great preachers and one men who had a i believe a grace from god to understand some of these theological 
ideas that we see in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, and that helps us to understand yeah. them better. Uh, early in my Christian walk, uh, I, and I know many Christians now, have the same mindset as it's me and my Bible. Like yeah. I'm going to figure all this stuff out by myself. I don't need these theologians. I don't need this historical understanding of the Christian faith. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And I realized really quickly that that's not going to work. Because really quickly I realized that there's some things I just cannot understand on my own. Well, even when you think about the idea of a systematic theology or Christian theology or historical theology or just different books that address these topics, if it be attributes of God or if it be just different formats of understanding who God is, these men and some women have taken the opportunity to take and look at Scripture as a whole and do a collective study on specific things mm. where and they've they've already tied it up, put it in a nice little box, put it in a nice packaging and bow and everything on top of it. And so what we are called to do and what we should be doing with this stuff is reading these things because it's already put together for us and then putting them in the light of Scripture. Because I think as we move into the topic a little more, that's kind of the danger, right? The danger would be getting your hands on a theology book or a practical book that are not biblically sound. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to theology books, because yeah. especially when you look back in you know the 14th, 15th, 1600s, man, everybody seemed like wrote a theology book of some yeah. sort. Uh, even today, I mean, you got no, you got more writers today than ever before. Self-publishing and most uh, of PDFs. The, most mean, of the most popular Christian writers tend to not be the best as well. So there is a danger in reading theology, not that it should discourage us from reading it, but if we get on some of these understandings that are antithetical to the Christian faith, it can lead us in a path that is bad. But on the other side of that same coin, though, is that we should not only read people that we agree with as well. Uh, And that's not only theological books. I would say this same thing falls into political books and things of the nature. Because if we only read things that we agree with completely, then we're not being stretched. We're not being. We're not uh, trying to understand the other side better, mm-hmm. or even bringing brotherly uni- uniformity with one another and coming together and working together. When it comes to some practical books that really come to my mind, I actually recommended one on the last podcast. A uh, fantastic book. Go back and listen to that podcast. Yes, I'm trying to get you to listen to that episode. Uh, go back and listen to that podcast. Get that plug. Um, but as we're sitting here at Jamie's uh, bookshelf, there's one on this shelf that I actually give him several years ago. And I'll let him answer in the hot seat if he's read it or not. It's a book called Grasping God's Word. And it's really just this practical book that we read and we understand of how to read God's Word in a hermeneutical way, in a practical way, in a way that would cause us to understand Scripture better. So, Jamie, have you read that book yet? I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm getting there. By working on it, he means he dusted the dirt off when he moved from I mean, the last house. We, uh, I cracked it open one time. <laughs> As we move on, though, I think we've addressed the different topics of books and the different styles of literature in a pretty concise way. I know we could probably do better. Um, but one big thing that really spurred this conversation is that 
as we were sitting here and we were looking at this bookshelf of Jamie's, I was actually making fun of him because his daughter has more books on the bottom. That's two than he does. And so I kind of made fun of him a little bit. And so as I was thinking on it, and then he quickly came back and said, you know, most of my books are on my phone, on his uh, Samsung Android phone, which we hopefully can work that out of him at some point. But And so it kind of got me thinking of the different ways that we can reach books Scripture, whatever the case, books, all of that together, the different ways we can read these things. And so Jamie, you know, as I just said, he mainly reads on a digital device. I actually read a good bit of both because I use a Bible program called Logos, which has got all of my commentaries and scriptural and sermon helps on them. But when it comes to reading theology books and reading practical books, mainly I do that as a physical copy. And so why do you read books mainly on your device? Probably the biggest thing for me is that there's kind of a convenience in it. You know, I have my phone with me constantly, and it's a good thing if I am in a time where I can sit down 10, 15 minutes away from home and be able to read. Uh, So there is a convenience in it, as well as a convenience in not having to store four, five, six hundred books at a time when I could just have them on my phone. I I don't have nowhere near that many books, but one day... Maybe that will be the case. But there's a convenience in that. As far as the practicality of it, I can't really say that there's a difference in reading paper and reading on the phone per se. I know there's been some some studies done uh, that that says there is a little bit, but it's Mm -hmm. it's not to the point where we, we can say that one is absolutely better than the other. Yeah. I think another way that we didn't really discuss yet is listening to books. Now, many people would say that that's not reading. Uh, and I understand because technically it's not reading, but I think it is another way of consuming uh, and, and hearing and understanding the works of other individuals. And you can get almost any book on audiobook today. And the reason why I want to bring that up is there are certain people that maybe they have a... Uh, a physical uh, inabilities where they can't read well or they can't they can't read because of their eyes or because of whatever the case may be and so as we look at these three things really i think the point we're trying to make is that it's all preference and it's all whatever you find easier to read and so if you find it easier to buy that big book and have the paper copy man by all means do that if you find it easier to buy the book on your phone or ipad or a macbook or whatever the case may be you know buy it on there read it on there whatever is going to get you into a good book and read uh for the purpose of growing in your understanding of the world and and the creator so we get ready to end jamie you know, what we've done is kind of looked at, you know, what's been going on with us, but we also looked at why it's important to read, and then we looked at the different forms of literature that we can read, and then we um, really went over the different approaches to reading, you know, the different formats we may take and read with. Is there anything you just want to add? Yeah, I would say that just to leave with a bit of an encouragement is that if you are a beginning reader, if you haven't been reading, to read. Or if you are a, an experienced reader, if you've been reading for years, just continue to read. I would say if it's five minutes a day, that, that is five more minutes than you've been, and it will be beneficial. And I do truly believe that if you look back down the road after the years, especially reading Scripture, that you will look back and be very thankful for taking that time to invest yourself in reading. To add to that encouragement, I would like to say 
is find out what works for you. If it be a physical book, if it be a digital book, if it be audio book, if it be first thing when you wake up, if it be first thing before you go to bed, or if it be on your lunch break, whatever the case may be, find whatever works for you. Um, so often, especially when it comes to reading scripture, we get this advice to you should read first thing you time you wake up, or you should read this time or that time. You got to read two chapters a day. You have to memorize it all. You have to do all of these things. But really, what we know when it not only comes to scripture, but it comes to reading in general, um, the important thing at the end of the day and after you read is to be able to retain what you've already read. So, like, if you pick up and you read the newspaper tomorrow morning and you read the entire newspaper and you were half asleep the entire time and you didn't remember a thing that you read, it would have been pointless. You just wasted an hour, an hour and a half of your day, right? Yeah. I mean, same thing with God's Word, same thing with historical books, fiction, nonfiction, theological books. So find out what works for you and put that into practice. I think so often we try to give too much advice on how to do things rather than just why it's important. That's kind of the goal in this episode. It's not to look at telling you how to do things, but giving you some points of views and different aspects of how to do it and then for you to find out what works best for you. And so as we've been talking about reading this week, Jamie, we come to a close. This is the end of the podcast as we always do. We get to the plugs of the week. Is there anything you just want to recommend that they read? Yeah, actually, I do have one that uh, I think would be very beneficial. And it's actually not one book. It's going to be a series. And caveat, we don't agree with everything that's going to be mentioned in here. But Expand Your Horizons and Understanding Other People's Points of Views are great. So I would say go for it if, if you're comfortable. But it is the Critical Questions series of booklets by R.C. Sproul. It's a wonderful introduction to Christian theology and understandings. Beware of the baptism book, but other than that, I think most of them are pretty solid. Baptism book is actually really solid. There's only a little bit they actually speak about infant baptism. but Well, it does a good job because it kind of gives the historic, yeah, history it, behind baptism. It actually is a very well-written booklet. Well, it tells you why John the Baptist was baptizing, why the Jews were baptizing. Yeah. It goes into why we've applied it to our lives today, yeah. and it's a really good book. Uh, obviously, the infant baptism is what most people would disagree with. Yeah. Um, now, some may not. That's perfectly fine. Um, and if you do start it, baptizing infants, our hands are clean. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. A few things I'd like to recommend is uh, maybe you're listening and you've stumbled upon this podcast for whatever reason, and you're not actively reading God's Word. I would encourage you to maybe find a plan if that works for you. But if not, I would encourage you to just start with the book of James. And then after you read the book of James, move on to the book of John and read those things, man. Get into the Word of God. And then after that, maybe you've been in the Word of God. You read that daily. You read that regularly. I'd recommend the book I mentioned earlier is Grasping God's Word. Um, now, it reads more like a textbook. So just forewarning there. It, it's not like picking up a David Platt book or a Francis Chan book. This is a textbook, so it's a little different. Uh, but it's a fantastic book that teaches you how to read God's Word in such a way that you're looking at it contextually to their day and then how to apply it to, to the readers for today. 
And so that's my recommendations. Um, those two things, read God's word, read grasping God's word. And, um, we thank you for listening to the podcast this week. We hope that we will have everyone else on the episode next time. Um, but until then, uh, we just want to encourage you to, to share this podcast episode, share it with your friends and family, share it on Facebook, whatever the case may be. But we ultimately, we thank you for listening and we're praying for you and your ministry. See ya. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Heading back